Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, I think, uh, Steve, you were saying that Razor was making the, the uh, Bergy comparison. Uh, yeah. I'll go farther back uh, just because I'm the old bastard here. Uh, <laughs> he he, he right, reminds me of Barry Peterson. I knew you were going to say that. Now, he, he, he does a little bit. Same, yeah. I mean, they should only be so lucky. Barry, in his first three three years, averaged over a hundred points. Uh, yeah, just I, I, just find him a Rick Middleton to play to play him. Well, with. yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or or nineteen eighty Styles defense too, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, right, right. The right puck right. not being contested every foot of the ice. So goalies that don't all look like Michelin men and have a normal pass, <laughs> you know. know. Right. Pucks with Ags is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Welcome to another edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast. I believe this is the 31st episode of the Pucks with Hags podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Haggerty. You can check out my work at joehaggerty.substack.com. Uh, join up with a premium membership. You get all of my articles sent right into your inbox. Today, we've got the Boston Herald, Steve Conroy, and the Boston Globe's Kevin Baldu- Paul Dupont. A couple of longtime beat writers with me that go way, way back. Uh, to the beginning of Patrice Bergeron's career with the Bruins and before that. Before we get to them, though, let's just real quickly, uh want to thank our sponsors, FanDuel Sportsbook, as always. Um, $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. Uh, kick off the NFL season right now that we're a few weeks into it. And also Factor Meals. Shout out to them, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Uh, delicious meals ready in two minutes. Uh, chef uh, made, very healthy. Uh, head over to factormeals.com slash hags50 and use code hags50 to get 50% off your first order. And now, uh, Steve Conroy, Kevin Paul DuPont, thank you uh, for coming on the show. Just uh, your thoughts um, about what we've seen now to this point in training camp now that the preseason uh, schedule is over. Want me to go first? Sure, sure. go for it, Steve. Yeah, standard protocol. Jump in. (laughs) up until last night, I was I was getting pretty concerned. Uh, okay, that's know, enough. They, <laughs> <laughs> they they hadn't shown much. They were you know getting badly outshot in every game. They were outshot yep. last night too. But I yep. did, you know they were outshot seven to one in the first period. But I didn't think that was like really indicative of the play. I thought they were they were created more last night. We we got our first look at that coil line with Marshan. In DeBrusque, I thought it was pretty good. I, th- yep. I, I think there's something there, um, and of course the the, the Potra kid is Potra kid is um, is the story of of training camp. You know he's it, he's even getting comparisons. You know I saw Andrew Raycroft compared in, in some ways yeah. to Patrice Bergeron last night, and that's that's kind of a you know a, you know qu- quite a comparison. Um, but it's you know I can see it as well. And one thing, you know, Patrice was a year younger than, than Patra, but on the other hand, Patrice didn't have to play center when he when he came up. He, you know, he started on the wing, third line wing, um, so he was able to be, you know, he was able to be, um, you know, just kind of groomed for that position for in, in the, his first couple of years with, with the Bruins. But this kid's going to have, you know, you know, 
quite a bit on his plate. Yeah, the, 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 Patrice Bergeron, the year he played in the NHL from beginning to end, was the youngest player in the NHL. And there is like something to be said about that being above and beyond as far as an accomplishment goes. But the the circumstances, you're absolutely right about, you know, just continuing to play well and continuing to surprise people and then just ca- lasting longer and longer until he makes it to the very end is very similar to what Bergeron and his voyage uh, was uh, in training camp. I was encouraged too, as you mentioned, uh, that that top line, but also Charlie Coyle in the bumper and, and scoring a goal, uh, them getting a power play goal. I liked what I saw out of uh, the the Bruins power play, getting some production. They still look sloppy at times and uh, a little disorganized. And I'm still not sold on Charlie McAvoy as a point guy uh, on a top power play unit, even after all these years, but at least they got some production, which is a good place uh, to start. And they just got some practice with a few reps on that top power play unit dupes uh, your thoughts on, on the preseason as a whole. Now that we've seen all the games. Yeah. I like all your points. Um, you know, preseason or camp, the 10 or 12 or 14 days that we watch it, you you only do get sort of these little flare looks at guys. Uh, there's, there's no, there's really no at the end of it saying, well, here's the compre- comprehensive picture, especially now. I mean, in years past, because of Kretschy and Bergeron and the established order, we really knew what the template was. And it was just kind of how you know how are are they are they coming back from surgeries or are they going to be completely healthy but we knew so there's there's that sort of uh aspect of wonderment to this camp that i've that i've really enjoyed and and yep. it exemplified greatly by by Poitra, um who <laughs> now i'm using montgomery's uh pronunciation so i'll never get it right um <laughs> Um, and you know, just, just having a, a kid and having that, you know, that's, that's kind of what we live for here is the new season and new talents. Uh, I, I like Laura just as much, uh, because, you know, he, he's got the reach, he's got stride and he's got what frankly, Charlie doesn't, which is shot ready attitude and not only shot ready, but, and, and maybe it's, maybe it's hubris, maybe it's, uh, uh, just, uh, stupidity or naivete if you will but he's he, he has it and he's using it uh it, 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 not in a large number but you can see when it's coming to him he, he wants to he wants to let it rip so i like that uh and and also in, in that vein i brought this up last night in one of the interviews uh, with actually charlie coyle so often we see kids come up and they're deferential to their to the elder statesman if you will they have those talents. They don't use them. Use them, right? Use them, and and that's that's really, that's that's fun. So there, there's it's it's an interesting camp. I you know I I'm, I'm going to come. I suppose this is another chapter of this podcast. But how do I feel about them as a team? Uh, frankly, I feel <laughs> this is uh, ridiculous in hindsight. But I feel like I did just one year ago. Is they'll be in that eight nine mix for the wild yeah. card which is exactly what I was saying a year ago when they blew the thing apart. So shows you what yeah. I mean. My, my optimism, and we will get back to this a little later on. Great segue there, dupes, to sneak preview to a little later on the show. Yes, yes. Hats off to you, my friend. Um, I, I am a little more optimistic now about this team after watching Patra and Lorai and the way they performed 
uh, in this camp for sure. And even, you know, to a lesser degree, and we're going to go down the list with a bunch of these guys to Johnny Beecher too. I thought had a very strong yeah. camp and has looked good and looks like he could be a very viable fourth line uh, center candidate for, for this team. Uh, but to your point about Lowry, uh, he even looks a little more polished just offensively than Charlie McAvoy, as far as, you know, running a high point on a power play, even just, you know, having the puck and, and handling it and passing it both ways, being ready to shoot, sort of being, you know, a, a triple quadruple threat, whatever you want to call it with the puck when he has it in, in those positions. I felt like uh, watching the power play, it almost the puck moved and functioned better as a power play when he was out there running the point best of all of those defensemen when they were out there. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, there's definitely some things he has to work on. And I, I think he's going to do, he's the one I think that is definitely going to go to Providence for a month or two and and finish out all that stuff before you know they potentially bring them back that's uh, I think that makes the most sense given all the defensemen that they have under NHL contracts um but it, let's go right to the players and we'll go one by one we've talked about Patra a little bit uh three goals five points and five preseason games Darren Peng I thought said it best last night on the TNT broadcast uh after he scored the goal he basically said it looks like he belongs here and you know, that was an, an NHL player saying, a former NHL player saying, this kid looks like he belongs with the best, uh, you know, fits, uh, should be there. And by all rights, I feel the same exact way. It, it would be a disservice, I think, to the team and to him if he at least doesn't get the nine games uh, that he's afforded going into the regular season. And then they can make that decision uh, when the 10th game comes up, if he's a permanent member or going back to the OHL. But uh, Dupes, your, your thoughts on his chances of making the team? Do you think he's already stamped? Uh, that's it. Done deal. Do you think there's still more consideration there? This is Platra now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, I, I was asking uh, Montgomery postgame about it and it, it's really impossible in, you know, to deny him a, a chance now for at least the nine games. Right. Yep. This whole discussion would be framed differently guys. If it weren't for the salary cap and the guys under contract and the, and the 23 man uh, max on the limit, because you know, you could make a case for them keeping 25, 26, 27, and you can't. So I think there are other shoes to fall here in the next 48, 72 hours that is going to define this for us. I think you're going to see guys on waivers, whether they get they get picked up, whether that's Greer, whether that's Zabor. Zabor would get picked up for sure. Yep. So I mean, I think that's a safeguard there for, for him. Uh, but yes, I think, you know, absolutely. and And uh, I think uh, Steve, you were saying that Razor was making the the uh, Bergie comparison. Uh, yeah. the, I'll go farther back, uh, just because I'm the old bastard here. Uh, <laughs> he he, re he re reminds me of Barry Peterson. I knew you were going to say that. Now, he, he he does a little bit. Same, yeah. I mean, they should only be so lucky. Barry, in his first three three years, averaged over a hundred points. Uh, yeah, just I, I, just find him a Rick Middleton to play to play him. Well, with. yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or or nineteen eighty styles defense too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. The right, puck right. not being contested every foot of the ice. So goalies that don't all look like Michelin men and have a normal pads, <laughs> you know, right? So yeah. you know, it, and again, it's he he is because he's the eye candy and he's getting the points and he is he he plays at least so far cerebral game. Well, we haven't seen him consistently, and this this will be the ultimate test. Not not that every team's got that six four horse in the middle anymore. That you know, if we go back to the Jason Arnott days or something, but uh, w will he be able to withstand real pressure of big guys night after night? 
And, you know, my knee jerk reaction to that is no. Uh, that said, uh, we had the same concerns about Bergeron. Steve's point starts over on the wing. Uh, so that kind of eases it here. I, I, and the only thing I would caution here, and I'll throw it back to you guys, is I, there's there's this growing mentality that if he's here, then he's here to be the pivot for the number one or two line. I, that I don't see. Uh, I, I just again, I I think that that's that's kind of leapfrogging to a place that he wouldn't be ready. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers. Get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call one 800 GAM one two three four. Yeah, and, yeah, and, I, and, and I believe that that's why we saw him with Morgan Geeky and Trent Frederick last night because that's probably what we would see to start the regular season as him uh, on a third line. Yeah, Steve, do you think there's any downside whatsoever to at least having the nine games to look at him uh, before you make a decision? I feel like that's a no brainer. Like they almost have to do that. And I, I'd asked Jim Montgomery about it a few days ago, and he just basically was very positive about that and said, it just gives us an extended training camp to continue to, you know, a preseason to continue to look at him and, and see if he can keep up pace for the nine games. Yeah. At this point, it's, it's a no brainer to keep him for the nine games. I mean, you don't have to make a decision on him for uh, until you know the first couple of weeks of the season, so you don't make yeah. that decision yet. But uh, I think he's going to be here, you know, long term. I, I just don't see a better a, a better solution there. Uh, maybe you know when when the live bullets start flying, it's it's going to change. But I think he's even though he's small, he seems to be able to to slip off of hits and 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 you know work work his way along the boards to win pucks yep. um i think he's going to be fine physically because he doesn't play a physical game you know he he can withstand he, he, his physical game is much like bergeron's physical game you know he you know is able to able to get into the boards you know and, and dig the puck out somehow some way he does it um so i think he'll stick and i, I was glad to see him able to pretty much succeed with that line with Geeky and Frederick, because yep. Kevin, I believe you're right that it's just too much to ask right now um, uh, to put him in, on one of the the top two lines. And it's also would be a kind of a kick in the pants for for a Coil or a Zaka who've been you know kind of waiting for this yep. opportunity. And it uh, he's he'll he'll get his chance. You know, if he's going in a game, he'll get his chance to play with one of those guys. Yeah, um, and one of like pasta or or, uh, or or Marchand or whoever it may be, and it's it sets up for if he continues to play as he's playing now, and he is the guy in the regular season that he's been in the preseason, and I'm talking about Patra. 
that he uh, eventually a few months down the road may end up with Marshand anyway. Right. And you can slide coil at that point uh, down back to where I feel like his more natural spot is, you know, and maybe a third line center position. And it r- sort of brings you back to the depth, some of the depth that you had last year, if all those yeah. things go right, obviously you're going to have to see months, I think before he's given the the car keys to the black and gold sports car and, you know, allowed to be a top six center and, and play with Marshand every night, but at least gives you, a skilled option uh, to play uh, in that top six center spot. If you're not getting enough offense and, you know, coil or Zach, whichever one can't be more of a line driver. And like people have told me that Marshan really likes Patra. And I think that's a great sign too. If the captain and one of the veterans and the, and the older guys respect the kid, think he can play and want him on the team just as much as management, the coaches, everybody else does. And I, I think that's an important aspect of it too. You know, for me watching him, he actually like is feels like kind of a hybrid of Bergeron and Krejci to me where he definitely wins battles, even though he's not the biggest guy like Bergeron does. And he's not afraid to go into the danger areas to get the puck, but he has the IQ, the playmaking, you know, some of the things, the vision, some of the things that Krejci has and had, uh, he seems to have too. pulling the puck back and finding a guy in the middle of the ice, the trailer coming down. Some of those classic playmaking passing plays are just, you know, that's very Krejci like to me. And and if he can bring a little of those elements uh, to the center spot, like they're in way better uh, shape in the middle of the ice at the center position than I thought they were going to be going into this year. If he can continue to maintain what he's doing. The real question is at his build, at his strength level, is he going to be able to, you know, do that for 82 games? But like when they played him in the back-to-back with the travel and he ended up like digging deep in the third period and making a play in that game, that, you know, kind of showed me something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it'll help him too if if that is in fact the line he plays with with Geeky and Frederick, two yep. you know pretty physical guys with good size. I think, and they looked pretty good last night. I uh, I hadn't seen a whole lot from Geeky up until last night, but I thought he played very well, and I thought he made a, a terrific play on the empty net goal. Absolutely, flipping it up. We haven't even talked for, about uh, we haven't talked about Frederick here. I thought Frederick had a very yeah, good game. he was uh, good, and he, he integrated well with them, and and. Uh, you know, another guy who who technically is a center. Yeah, they haven't used him there, but they used him there very uh, sporadically. But, uh, you know. I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> yeah, it may have. I, may. But again, yeah, I, you know I, what? some of that, and, and, and I, you know, no one more guilty of this than me, that you, you, you get it in your head what a guy is or isn't. And yeah. then... I don't know. You know what? If if we if we'd done that with Brad Marchand and said he, you know, we all had him third or fourth line when he came up, and look, look what he came into. Uh, Coyle last night gets a power play goal and and started to look more comfortable in that role. We've never seen him in that role, so yeah. I think you know it's it's worth giving guys some rope. I would agree right now about Frederick, but last night he did show puck skill that I haven't seen. Yeah, Steve, I think you tweeted last night that Frederick was playing like he wants to play with Patra on his line during the regular season. (laughs) I thought that was a good point and a good observation because I thought the same exact thing. Like his level of play definitely went up. And I think you'll the kind of player that Patra is where he passes the puck, he sets guys up to score. Like, I think you're going to see a lot of players that are going to want to play with him, just given his style of play and and the way he plays on the ice, if he can continue to maintain it. Uh, Let's move on to the next one. Uh, Mason Lowry. Uh, we've talked about him a little bit as well. Uh, you know, I've been really impressed. He looks like a really solid puck moving defenseman. He looks like a guy that's very comfortable running the point of the power play. I think the offensive skills are very much there, uh, passing and shooting. 
you know, the, the questions to me are more sort of defensive zone stuff and, and the, the, the D zone part of the defenseman position that I think he needs maybe to continue to work on for another month or two down in Providence, even though, you know, I didn't see any glaring weaknesses when he was up here uh, in the preseason games playing as well. But your, your thoughts on Lowry and where his trajectory might be uh, for this, at least first few months of the season, Steve. Um, in a perfect world, I think you would send him down to Providence for a couple of months, let him try a few things, see what he can get away with, see what he can't get away with. On the other hand, they might be a better team with him in the lineup right now yeah. than without him. Yeah. Um, question is, where does he fit? He probably fits with, uh, with, with where he was last night with Carlo. Who, who comes out? Well, yeah, that's the know. thing. I feel you, you're going to have to, I think, make a trade. I, I would guess if you're going to keep them here to start the season, right? Cause yeah. somebody's going to be pissed off that they're not, they're not playing or their role has been severely reduced, well, you know, well, and plus I mean, space wise, I think you're going to have to make the move. You, you may, you may have to, you may have to, but you know, putting the money aside, I think my, you know, my point of view, the, the best lineup they would have was to, would be to have Lindholm play, play with McAvoy, yep. Lori, Lori with with Carlo and I'd keep Forbert and and put Grizzlick on his right side. Yep. And have Shattenkirk be your seventh D. Yeah. 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 He might not be happy with it, but Yep. Hey, he's on a one year. Say Say love me. He's on a one year short money deal. Yeah. Dupes, uh, your your thoughts on uh Low Ryan, whether you think he'll be on the uh the roster to start the season or if you think you know, for me, I'd send him to province, even if it would make you the better team out of the gate. I would let him play there for a month or two. And I would just, you know, kick the can down the road a little bit of having to make that decision on your roster and who's going to play, who's not. Because I feel like when Lowry is eventually a permanent member of this defenseman unit, that frees you up to trade one of the other defensemen for some salary cap space that you desperately need. And you know, maybe some of the assets that you've traded away in recent years, get back a draft pick, get back a prospect, something like that. You know, if whether it's Grizzly that you're trading for or whoever it is, you may be able to get some value back. And to your point, Steve, maybe get a better player uh, in the lineup that improves your team yep. when Lowry comes up permanently. Yep. Yes, as Steve was working through the pairings there and I, and I was agreeing with him and I was saying, you know, something, this is this is spelling Grizzlick's fate because – yeah. Uh, be, because of his salary, because of his size, uh, we know Montgomery isn't big on small. You know, he had that dissertation last year about, well, you can win a cup with one of these guys, one small guy back there. Uh, and, you know, coming from a small guy, <laughs> uh, you, you know, I, I took that as the voice of authority. So, yep. uh, although a different position. So uh, on a personal level, I, I would not like to see it because I like Grizzly It's Boston guy. Yada, yep. yada, 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 yada. But this is a team with no cap money. Uh, I think they could get a second round pick for Grizzly, uh, for one of these uh, cap uh, bottom feeders, Anaheim being one, uh, maybe Chicago. Chicago's got a lot of dough too. So teams with money, uh, he does have game. He's a, he's a good team guy, all of that. Whose game excites me more? Lori, no question. Uh, size, reach, uh, upside, all of that. Uh, I do think he could play in the league today. Uh, just as much as I feel that uh, that Potra could could play in the league today. 
Uh, and again, you know, you don't know where today goes to two weeks from today or three weeks from today. But in the moment, uh, he he excites me as much because because of all that, you know, uh, awareness, uh, which which frankly, we didn't touch on that on Quattro's game last night. I watched two or three times. He had that Gretzky ability to which was instantly know where the puck was going to be two blinks later. And he was yep. over there in one blink. Right. So that that's really impressive to me, that spatial awareness, get to it, be ready for where the puck isn't in the moment. So uh, the, the other the other I'm not trying to make a case here for Grizzly, but what I see happening here is they don't have the cap space. Sweeney loves to go into the season with, you know, two or three million in his pocket for, for when the trade deadline comes. Maybe the better play on Grizzly would be in February. But I think for all these variables we're talking about, you know, numbers of candidates they've got, all of that, I think he's really vulnerable at the moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We do have Factor Meals uh, to help us out. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit when it does get busy, when it does get crazy, when we do need a a quick meal. uh, They fuel you up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Takes less than two minutes to cook them. They're fresh, never frozen. Meals ready in two minutes, like I said. Uh, They have calorie-conscious options going upscale with some of the things they're offering now, like surf and turf, surf and surf meal options, roasted garlic filet mignon and shrimp and Cajun spiced shrimp and salmon, which is like right in my wheelhouse. This is the kind of stuff I'm all about. So it's got everything for everybody. Uh, There's 34 plus chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options for meals. Uh, you can get snacks, you can get breakfast items. Like it's, it's, it's a great deal. Um, so if you want to get factor meals, uh, go to factormeals.com slash hags50 and use the code hags50 to get 50% off of your fir- first box. It's a great deal. Uh, you know, I- I've tried it. It's fantastic. I recommend it to you. We love these ready to, to make meal kits, especially when we're, we're on the go with our kids. So one more time, that's factormeals.com slash hags50 to get 50% off your first box. You won't be sorry if you go to Factor Meals. It gets the hags thumbs up seal of approval. Yeah, and you know who it could play out like a situation like uh, you know when Johnny Boychuk got traded. It was right before the season started, right yeah. towards the end of training camp. Uh, they made a move because they had too many defensemen, not enough spots, and uh, you know they recouped a couple of second round picks when when they traded him. And I I think your point about the size is bang on, and one of the most important parts of the whole equation because if you look at, and the Bruins know this, the teams that they've been losing to in the playoffs recently. Across the board, their defenseman units for the other teams are six foot two, 210 pounds. Just everybody. They're all well over six feet. They're all over 200 pounds. They're all big defensemen that are pushing forwards away from the front of the net and, and keeping them out. And, you know, the, you, you don't have that when you have a Grizzly on your back end as much. And I'm the same as you. I, I love Matt Grizzly. I, I 
like and know and appreciate and respect his whole family. He's definitely good game. I thought they missed him when he wasn't in the lineup against Florida last year. His puck moving abilities against that forecheck that Florida w- was throwing at them, and I, and I definitely think he's going to be able to help another team. And part of the reason you trade him is because he does have value. You know, he has value to other teams around the league. There's no question about it. Uh, I just see Lowry as an upgrade in terms of size and, and maybe even skill uh, to a degree. Um, let's move on to the next one. Johnny Beecher. Uh, I feel like if we went in, if the Bruins went into the season with Johnny Beecher centering Jacob Lauko and Milan Lucic, I think that would be a really effective fourth line. And I'd be totally comfortable with that. Uh, just uh, your thoughts, Dupes, on Beecher's camp. And uh, if you think he makes the team out of camp. I'm less excited of the three players we've discussed him being the third. Now uh, I'm less excited. Um, you know, I, I know he's got the speed, he's got size, he's got legs, all of the good. Uh, I, I'd like to see more assertiveness. Uh, you know, and I, I say that about a lot of guys, but uh, yeah, for where he is and how I would cast him forward immediately, I just like to see you know more of that sort of jam and nastiness. If if that exists, I don't know if it even exists anymore, but so uh, I'm not saying he's just another guy, he's a good prospect, and you know, we've I'm sure the three of us has kicked the stuffing out of them here over some bad drafts and everything, but he, you know, he he looks like he can be a player. I don't know if he's going to be a top six player. Uh, And if you're going to be in that bottom, bottom six or middle six, middle six, I'd like to see more of that uh, physical uh, awareness attribute. Got the size. Yep. I haven't seen the nature yet. And and maybe playing with Lucic in a fourth line kind of role brings even more of that out of him. I know when you talk to Ryan Muginell and some of the Providence Bruins coaches, they said that Beecher kind of made that transformation last year in his pro year from being a guy that was a first round pick coming from a big time college program like Michigan and sort of having the airs about him of how he was going to play to realizing he's probably, you know, similar to a guy like Brian Boyle. He's going to have to play a details game, a bottom six game, play more physical, do more of the, the, the detail-oriented games, killing penalties, winning face-offs, all that stuff, being physical if he wanted to actually be an NHL player. He wasn't going to be a top six you know, NHL player that's going to be scoring goals and, and getting all the glory. Uh, Steve, do you think Beecher has a chance uh, to make this team out of camp? I think he should. I think he's had, had a good camp. Um if he had a little more touch around the net, he maybe he he could be a, a top six guy. But I just don't think he has that. He hasn't shown it at, shown that at, at, at any level. Um, yep. But the speed, and you know, I'll use a basketball term, the length that yep. he has with with the the stick and the reach and everything, he's he's perfect for a fourth line center. He wins faceoffs. Um, he's been better than than what I expected. I I. You know, I had my doubts yeah, coming too. into the camp. Had my doubts coming into camp, um, but you know, he's he's done ev- pretty much everything that, that they've asked of him. And you know, I think he can be pretty good at it. And uh, your, your comparison to to Brian Boyle is bang on. You know, Brian Boyle was a you know a first round draft pick. He had achieved more at, up until now that uh, that Beecher has. He yep. produced more at BC. He produced yep. at the at the AHL level. Uh, but you know, he just wasn't that wasn't that top six guy in the NHL level. Um, so he's what Peter's got to do. He's got to embrace this role, do everything that's asked of him. Um, and so you know, in preseason, he's done that. 
Yeah, I, and I see the other candidate. Nobody is really um, of the other fourth line center candidates that I've watched. Nobody has really jumped out at me as seizing that job. Whether it's you know Patrick Brown, no. Mark McLaughlin had a really quiet camp. I was kind of surprised by that. I thought now would be his time to really step. And they were. I know they were playing him more on the wing than center. Uh, but if he was going to grab an NHL spot, I felt like this might be the year where he was going to have to do it. And his camp as co- compared to Beecher and some of the other players, just, I didn't think he stood out enough to me. And it might be by virtue of, you know, I don't know if I saw anybody else that jumped out at me as like, that's the guy that's going to grab the fourth line center spot. Yeah. I, I was surprised last year when he was the one to, to get sent down. Yeah, me too. Lock up. They yep. kept Lauko and turned, they turned out to be, you know, to be right about that. Yep. Um, but th- this year I wasn't surprised when he got sent down. Uh, and not that he had a really bad camp. It was just, he didn't do anything, you know, <laughs> didn't, didn't score, didn't, didn't do much. And speaking of not doing anything and this, we've said a lot of nice things about a bunch of young Bruins players <laughs> that are hopefuls for the uh, NHL roster. I, I know where you're going. <laughs> let's, let's, turn, let's flip the coin and talk about Fabian Lysel, who, uh, has really not shown much of anything recently. You know, it's been a tough year for him, whether it was the World Juniors, yeah. uh, where he didn't show anything for Team Sweden, whether uh, it was development camp, where, you know, he wasn't on the ice to start the camp. And when he came on, he was not anywhere close to a dominant force that I thought he should be uh, going into a pretty important professional year for him. And, you know, once again, at this camp, uh, both, you know, the rookie camp, I guess he was okay, but this NHL camp did not see much at all. And really the last preseason game I watched him play in didn't, he wasn't even like, looked like he was trying to make plays with the puck. It looked like he was kind of behind the pace of play and the speed of play, which for a guy that is reputed to play fast, just as a, is a, is a warning sign to me that his game is, is not with him right now. So, uh, you know, you, thoughts from both of you guys, uh, Steve, start first with uh, on Fabian Lysel. Yeah. You know, I, I think we've said this, you know, in the press box, uh, the most impressive he's been was with those first two preseason games that we saw him two seasons ago. Yeah. Um, he, he got his, you know, got his nose dirty, went to the net. He, he did everything that they, that his critics said he couldn't do. But now he's kind of reverted, and he looks a little lost out there. They, yep. you know, he was having a pretty good season down in Providence when he went to uh, the World Juniors, and then he had started ha- off having some bad luck, being snake bitten in the World Juniors, and then his play started to deteriorate. And you know, he came back from from Juniors, and it, it he was never really regained his game. And you know, then he got hurt. He he took a really bad shot, really cheap shot, high hit got concussed and you know that takes a lot out of you and so it's uh he, he's got to rebuild his game and i you know i don't think it's a slam dunk that he's going to so they've got they've got a lot of work to do with him yeah dupes your thoughts on lysel yeah thus far he sort of gives me the uh, ryan donato and his bjork vibes you know that yeah really good wheels and uh, pedigree from the draft all of that uh, but I, I don't know at this point, I just wonder if it's a processing issue, you know, like we, as we, uh, kind of, uh, critique NFL quarterbacks, you know, they, they have this skill package, but can they think the game fast enough, uh, right now? And, you know, there's, there's the question about his size and he really does look like a ju- junior high or middle school, I guess we say now, uh, you know, middle school body and frame. But if if you're lightning fast, and he is, and in, in spurts we see that, you yep. can get away with that. But at some point, 
you got to have something other than that giddy up. And that, that, that again goes to hockey IQ processing. And I think that those elements, I haven't seen any really hint of that with him. Uh, It would be be tough to give up on him because we know we can put up numbers. We've seen that at other levels. Uh, But, uh, you know, right now it it does not translate to the, the game we, we watch night to night for six and seven months. No. And, and then there, I think there is still some hope for him, obviously. Like he was a very young to be in the AHL last year and he was doing pretty well to Steve's point until he went to world juniors and uh, between coming back from a bad world juniors experience and the concussion he got, it was kind of a double whammy with him where, you know, he clearly uh, wasn't the same after that for the rest of the season. And it affected him into the summer, obviously, because the Bruins said he wasn't, you know, starting off full board development camp because they were sort of, you know, bringing him along slowly coming back from that concussion. So, you know, we'll see, but I just, you know, it's, it's very enlightening to me to watch other guys like Lowry and Patra really flash uh, and show, you know, what we're not seeing in Lysel, you know, the, the confidence with the puck, the processing, the game to your point, uh, dupes, you know, the skill level, all those things that they have that, you know, uh, Lysel just was not able to show in this training camp. You, you hope he's able to refine, uh, regain his game and find his game down in Providence uh, starting the year there. And he sort of takes the experience in the right way. Um, just overall, uh, in general, uh, expectations, thoughts uh, for the Bruins this season. Uh, this The regular season is going to start next week. Should be really fun. Connor Bedard covered in Boston. Uh, you know, that'll be a nationally televised game. It should be good hockey theater, a great way to start the season uh, and a great way to kick off, you know, all the centennial stuff that the uh, the Boston Bruins are going to be doing. You know, I, I feel like the bones of this team, it's still a playoff team. You know, the defense all coming back, the goaltending coming back. Uh, they still have elite scores and offensive players on the wing and David Pasternak, Brad Marsh and guys like that. So I feel like there's enough here for them to, at the very least, be a wild card team. But I think we're also seeing some teams in the Atlantic Division. You know, the 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 typical uh, you know teams that you kick around at the bottom of the division: Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa. Those kind of teams are starting to get better and are starting to claw towards you know being playoff caliber teams. It's going to be tougher for them. Uh, but I still see them as as a playoff team that's not going to be good enough to you know go on a cup run this year. Uh, Dupes, uh, your thoughts on the Bruins overall? Uh, where you think they're going to fall and their place in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, and I, th- I think for the for the current discussion, you do have to make just what you were doing, Ags, is you know what are the relative strengths and weaknesses of some of these teams? You know, right now Tampa is going to be without Vasilevsky probably till at least Thanksgiving. Yep. He's a yep. huge part of that team, you know. Yep. There, there's a statement. Your number one goaltender is a huge part of your team. Yeah. Yeah. Your number one goalie that plays like 60 to 65 games too. Like yeah. that you ride like a horse every year. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to fall off the face of the earth, obviously, but you know, they're, they're coming in with uh, you know, one leg and a splint, if you will. Uh, Jersey, I think has the potential to be a horse. Uh, they got a lot of good young forwards. Uh, yeah. They, they they play a very structured, smart game. So they're on the up. Ottawa's on the up. Uh, Detroit should be better. I, I don't think Detroit's going to get there this year. But yes. but and, and I, I think watch out for Buffalo with Devin Levi. Yeah. And, you know, the, the all the skilled players. Look at you shaking your head, Steve. You're not I'm not shaking my Buffalo. head. I'm saying, I'm saying absolutely on Buffalo. Oh, all right. I'm I thought you were saying shaking I'm your head. I'm all in on Buffalo. I'm all in on Buffalo. Yeah, I think Buffalo is going to be really, really strong this year and much improved, you know, with the defensemen they have with Tage Thompson, like 
they have if, i think they have a legit goalie in the northeastern kid i think he's the real yeah. deal you know yeah. I, that's a team yeah. i think you got to watch out for in the atlantic division and they got another kid the the benson kid yes who, yeah the carney know, kid who's popped yes i loved hearing that story about how he comes from a carney family and they traveled all around uh Canada, he would go to hockey camps in all these spots and outposts in Canada where the carnival would go to. He would go to the hockey camp during the day and then he would work like the uh, the corn dog stand at the car- the family <laughs> carnival at night uh, all over the place in Canada. Like, what's better than that? That's a great story. Yeah. So yeah, it's, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead, Kevin. No, I, I, and again, just just on the 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 uh, the the, the uh, Eastern Review, if you will, you know, they're they're in the they're in flux like a number of them here. But they what the, what they have, you know, what what they have more than anything is two tremendous goaltenders, and you can go along. You can, you're you're in yep. the mix almost automatically with that. Yep. It allows some of these kids we've talked about the chance to grow because. Not every rush back into the in the opposite end or into your end is is uh, death defying. So I it's uh, you know they're they're intriguing in some ways more intriguing than they were last year because going back to the the thing we we yeah. knew what they were we knew exactly what they were last year and we weren't that high on them. We don't know this year and I you know it's 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 kind of nice to have that introduced again to be able to watch guys develop. Yeah. And, and people like, and people will ask me how I think the Bruins are going to be when they bump into me or they're talking to me. And it, some will say they think they're going to be terrible or that they're going to go off a cliff this year. And, and dupes, you're so right. Like I tell them teams that have good goaltending will never fall off the cliff and be terrible in the NHL. It's just not going to have the teams that are terrible. Almost always universally are the teams that have no goaltending shaky goaltending, but those are the teams that really turn into really bad, terrible teams that are, uh, lottery picks, and I just don't think the Bruins are anywhere close to that. Uh, Steve, your your thoughts just on the Bruins within the Eastern Conference mix in the Atlantic Division and what you expect them to do? Yeah, you know, it's interesting that the, one of the things Monty said to you last night, Kevin, you know, their last preseason game against New Jersey last year, they looked awful. Got smoked. And yeah, yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, I had forgotten about that totally um, because they had – they had, they had already lost the jersey in the preseason, and I remember going into that that final preseason game, uh, thinking, "Okay, you know, we 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 better see something here tonight, or if if not, it's going to be a bad season." And they got smoked, and then they go and win sixty five games. So it's really hard to judge off the preseason, but there are some cracks here. Obviously, I think they, they they're part of that that vast reservoir of teams that are are, are maybe in, maybe out. You know, it's just a, it's just a, you know, I don't want to say mediocrity, but it's, you know, it's parody. Um, I think they get in, but they cannot, this is not a team that could, can afford an injury, a major injury. Um, uh, So everything's to me, everything's got to go right. I see, uh, I I see Buffalo on the rise. I still see Florida as a good team. They have those injuries. They have those injuries to start the season. And I thought last year the the injuries that the Bruins had to start the season focused them and made them a better team because of it, um, because they knew what they were that they were up against right off the bat. Um, so I think Florida is still a good team. Ottawa, Ottawa is going to be a good team if they can stay healthy. You know, if Josh Norris can stay healthy. Um, so that's that's three teams that that they're going to be up against. Tampa, I mean, uh, yeah, they're, they're missing Vasilevsky, and that's a huge deal. 
They've got Stamkos. They've got um, Kucherov. They've got still got some good players. They've got Hedman. They've got uh, Sergachev. They're still a good team. They're going to be in the mix. They're right with you. Uh, so I think that, you know, I think it's coming down to the last two weeks of the season to see if they get into the playoffs. But it, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see, you know, yeah, how Laurai develops. It'll be fun to see how Patra develops during the season if he becomes more than what he is now, which is, you know, probably a third-line center. Um, so it'll be a fun season. Yeah, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like this team will end up being a wild card. I definitely think it's going to be going into the last few weeks of the season. They're going to be battling with other teams for the playoffs. Should be fun, but it'll be interesting, as both of you gents have said, that just this is it, it, there's a lot of unknown about this season when for so long we've kind of known a lot of the cards that are going to be dealt that we're watching uh, with this Bruins team when we cover it day to day. There's a lot of different factors, different scenarios, different combinations going on here that it's going to be a whole new, uh, a brand new ball game for us to cover. So that's going to be fun. Uh, Steve Dupes, thank you very much for, for uh, coming today. You brought up uh, the respect level of this show about uh, 10 notches by both coming on today. Uh, longtime beat writers with the Boston Bruins. Thank you very much. And thank you uh, to our sponsors, FanDuel Sportsbook. $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. FanDuel.com slash Boston. Uh, get in on your football bets. Bet against the Patriots every single week until they show they can do absolutely anything uh, because right now they they absolutely stink. Uh, and also thank you to Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Uh, go to FactorMeals.com slash Hags50 and use code Hags50 to get 50% off your first box. Once again, dupes, Steve, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you at the rink.